Hey, I'm Tommy Chong. Welcome to High on Homegrown. Yes, yes, everybody, and welcome to High on Homegrown, the most professional cannabis podcast. I am Mackie <laughs> from the UK, and joining us this week, we have Monkey Do. Hi, everybody. Monkey here on his very professional intro down here at the Southeast US. Hope everybody's having a good time today. We've got something nice to smoke. We also have Marge. That's right. Marge from Central Canada, enjoying a, a very rainy December and also host of one of the other most professional podcasts that exist out there, Bite Me, the show about edibles. Ooh, tits. Yeah. Do you know <laughs> We did so well. We did so well. And the fucking music's playing in the background. Jesus. I love it. Jesus. Well, Gosh. one of our normal intros can't have everything. Perfect, Gosh. You know? We try so hard just get it perfect for you all every week, and we just, we just never Large. get it. Wouldn't you agree with it? It sounded perfect from where I'm sitting. That's right. Because yeah. we can't. Where I'm sitting. Maybe we they're can't. just too picky. Maybe maybe that's the problem. <laughs> maybe it's not us. <laughs> Don't worry. He can take the music out in post. <laughs> that's right. It'll, it'll be fine in the edit. Everybody. It'll be fine. It'll be fine. So welcome to the Grow Guides, everybody. We're going to be talking about lollipopping and mainlining cannabis plants this week. And if it's something you haven't tried before, you're definitely going to give it a, a go after this. Maybe not straight away. If you have plants in the right condition, then you should definitely give it a shot. But it's uh, interesting. You're going to learn some things, hopefully. Don't forget to hit the like button <laughs> if you haven't done that. But yeah, I was uh, just mentioning there on the break, that Monkey sent me some whiskey this week, everybody. So let's drink some whiskey. Ooh, let's do it. Yeah. I don't, I don't have any with me, so I'll have to... I'm yeah. with you in spirit, you know? Just in spirit. <laughs> really. Not spirits, but only spirit. Yeah, so uh, a sip of whiskey there, everybody. Let's uh, get a little bit tipsy. Not too tipsy. <laughs> My edibles are kicking in, so I'm doing fine. Yeah. Oh shit, Marge, it's on you then. You, what? you gotta, you gotta control us a little bit. Oh come no. on now, you know Marge. The drugs are kicking in. Too, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, thank you for the whiskey there, monkey. It's delicious, man. You're welcome, delicious. man. Mm. Mm -mm -mm. And I had a little bit of this. Uh, Forbidden, forgotten strawberries as well. Because mm. it's Christmas, everybody. You know, Christmas is coming. Just eight days away now. Jesus. Jesus. Are you all ready? I don't know. I'd have to ask the missus that. I oh. am merely the driver. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I think I think we're close to being ready. Nearly there. What about you, Marge? Are you ready? Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. We're doing Secret Santa, so it makes it way simpler. Cool, cool. It's not really so secret, though. I already know who everybody has because people sort of let things slip as time goes. And I always... Uh, as they do. I know. There's oh, no well. Secret, but... <laughs> Shiny Fusion said, my kids found some of their stuff today. And it reminds me of... A, let, me, let me tell you, we'll go on a little tangent here before we uh, move on with the show. I have a little childhood story I have. <laughs> <laughs> so one year my mother had got me and my brother a super nintendo for christmas and she got it early and you know she wrapped it up and stuff and she hid it but we knew where it was hidden so like the little bastards we were back then 
<laughs> uh, we got the the box and we opened it up and we took out the snares and we fucking set it all up. We hit it, put the box back, and she didn't know about it for like fucking weeks. But eventually, yeah, we did get found out and we got a, 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 a severe disciplining. Let's just say that. Yeah, but we a talking to. <laughs> yeah, yeah, talking to a, a physical talking to. Oh. No, no. It was back in the eighties, man. You could get beat up by your parents. Yeah, I know exactly it was allowed, you, you know. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and, you know, we shouldn't have taken the fucking snares out of the box, little bastards. But damn, it's good. You couldn't resist to go play Mario World and shit. You know, goddamn. <laughs> good times, good times. Yeah. You know, damn. Yeah, so th- that's just a little story about how much of a little bastard I was. Yeah. I'm not. I'm not so bad now, you know. <laughs> what else we got? Uh, what are we talking about here? I mean, I'm just a little high now. We have checking a sip of the whiskey. We're smoking. Uh, are we covering what we are smoking on again? What you got, monkey? Uh, I'm still still using that same bowl of uh, mango smile that I started off with. So nice. I'm ready to change that. I'm looking around to see what else I got. But as the edibles are kicking in, I think I'm I'm going to coast for a while. <laughs> Lame. Lame. Okay. I'm no, in. I said same. <laughs> oh, I thought you called That's not what I, I heard, Marge. You want to go? Let's go. <laughs> no, I said same. Same. Yeah. The edibles <laughs> feel, had me feeling nice and comfortable. So it's kind of like a nice place to be, you know? I would never say lame to somebody. <laughs> I'd be like, fucking A. <laughs> lame. Nice. It sounds like something Mackie would say. That's something like, okay, you've been around Mackie too long. Right. Lame. <laughs> right then should we uh go and talk about some mainlining and lollipopping and cover I some list we, of mail questions i think it's i guess time. we could do that you know yeah yeah, yeah. otherwise you're just gonna start talking about christmas movies and stuff uh, that's <laughs> well, for next already, week's episode see that's yeah. what happens when you give mackie a bottle of whiskey we go on t- we go on tangents mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. <laughs> be ready for more Let's go. Let's go for the grow guys. <laughs> See, there is few things that are going to be scary for new growers, man. One of those Ooh. is topping. You know, when you first start growing and you're like, are you topping? You mean I just got to cut the top off this plant? Why would yeah, I do yes. that? Why are you talking yeah. about? Is it going to? Why? What are you talking about? And it's very scary, <laughs> <laughs> you know. But you learn to just do it. And another one of those things that is scary is lollipopping, man. And you know, pretty much doing any kind of intense trimming, and also mainlining. But we'll get to that in a little bit. But when you do a lollipop, essentially what you're doing is you're taking off the bottom two thirds of the plant, so you, the, the side branches leaf any bud sites depending on what time you're doing the lollipopping and it can be scary when you look at the amount you've taken off (laughs) and see there's a bag or a bucket or a bin or whatever that is full of leaf and stem and you're like surely i've killed it now surely this plant is dead not just leaf and stem, <laughs> because when you're lollipopping, you're cutting buds off too. And mm-hmm. that's the hardest part to do when you first learn and learn how to lollipop is to mm-hmm. remove the lower bud sites. Ah, tragic. It is. But, <laughs> but the thing is, it's it will increase your yield. And I said earlier, it sounds counterproductive, but that that's 
essentially what you're doing. You're getting rid of plant matter to make sure you get more buds at the end of the growth. And less trimming because, you know, there's less oh, leaf and stuff. Mm -hmm. Right. Less small buds and things like that. Definitely. Yeah. I hate that. So we'll talk about some lollipopping first, and then we're going to discuss a technique called uh, mainlining, which is also known as manifold. And that's mm -hmm. something that uh, you do on quite a lot of your grows, don't you, Mookie? Just about all of them. Uh, it's some yeah. some variation of that of that type of a grow. Mm -hmm. but, so we'll and, talk and, about uh, that in a bit. Yeah, and there's, there's advantages and disadvantages to it, which we'll get into. But first mm -hmm. of all, let's talk about doing the other part, because that's also a big part of mainlining, is learning how to properly lollipop. That's right. So where do we begin? Uh, your plant's grown. For me, I'll tell you what my technique is. Uh, pretty much now, when the plants are growing, I'll just let them grow for like four or five weeks, and then I'll put it into flower. And I won't take anything off. I'll just let it do its thing, find its own structure. Maybe I'll do a little bit of low-stress training, and I will top it when it gets to the fourth node, you know. But uh, I don't do any kind of lollipop doing any kind of intense trimming. Because in the past, I've seen the smallest lower-down branches on a plant with enough training to grow up into one of the thickest branches on the plant. So I always think to myself, uh, the, everything there has potential of being something fucking great, you know? So just let it grow as much as possible until I get to uh, two weeks. Uh, two weeks, I said it. Look at that. About two, two weeks. <laughs> <laughs> about two weeks after, the, uh, after I've gone to flower. Maybe a little bit more. I like to see that the flowers are actually starting to form before I do my lollipopping. Uh, and, and that's pretty much to tell me that the regenerative growth is over. And, and if you do any of that lollipopping while in between the stretch stage, when the stretch is going on, that's the regenerative growth stage in between the veg and the flower. If you do any lollipopping or trimming, that's going to stress the plant out and it makes it stretch like a motherfucker. So if you're getting a lot of stretch on your plant, yeah, Mark, you, more? Say, oh yeah, about, yeah, it's savage. Really serious important point point you make it here let's talk about time frame involved here you know so we're talking mm -hmm. about from the time you flip until when should we not touch anything on that plant i mean usually a time frame i like to use is if you wait 21 days after you flip yeah. the 12 12 you should be clear of making that mistake mm -hmm. you might mm -hmm. be able to go a day or two earlier but if you wait the 21 days you're going to be clear it's better to go over than do it too soon because if you agree. if you take that shit off too soon, the plant's gonna stretch so bad, man. It's like I haven't had a stretchy plant for for years now because I do so, the lollipopping at the right time. Sorry, Marge. Let me. I just want to get this straight because I've. I mean, I've done lollipopping before, but never been sure. I've been doing it quite right. Okay. But basically, what you're saying is that you wouldn't remove any of those lower branches until you flipped your light cycle to the twelve twelve. And is it starting to butt? You're waiting to like about three yeah, weeks after and, that point? Until I'm seeing pom-poms, not even just little right. pre-flowers and things like that. Mm -hmm. When you yeah. see flowers actually starting to form, yeah, when you not, not even little white hairs, pom-poms on it, exactly. that's when you yeah. do it. Nice, long, yeah. white pom-poms on it. You don't want just the, you're almost buds. You want, you know, you, you'll see the tips of parts up, but you want right. physical white hairs. And at that point, you know, okay, safe. And the yeah. consequence of not being patient is that your plant is going to stretch up too tall. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Big yeah. Time. Okay. 
It's that explains why. <laughs> okay. Yeah, when I, first, when I first when I first found out about that, it explained a lot because my plants would stretch like a motherfucker. Right. But once I've left, because when you first start growing, you're like, oh, you don't want to stress it out during the flowering period because it will hurt me and you know it will, mm-hmm. it, will it will die, it will get mold, it will do all this, and it's, eventually you just start experimenting with things and you know you you willing to try more things. So then when it went into the flowering stage. And you can see it's gone into it and the stretch has stopped. Then the plant's got to focus more on building flower than building new stems and new leaf. So it it can get stressed at that point. And if it puts any extra growth out, it goes into flower production rather than stem and leaf production. Mm -hmm. Uh, No stretch then. You just have to wait for the right time. man. And it can be difficult to get that right time. It just takes a little bit of practice. But when you get the right place, you'll be fine. Yeah, eventually you, you'll start to recognize exactly when that time is. But if you wait to the 21 days, you are not going to make mm-hmm. a mistake at that point. But, you know. And you, you can do a little bit in late veg. If you're going for a long veg and you're on like week five or six of veg and the plant's bushy as fuck, then feel free to take some off the bottom. But mm-hmm. it's, it's that specific, you know, two to three weeks in between the flip to the flowering stage, that regenerative stage of growth where it's changing. If you trim, then it's going to most likely cause stretch. And that's one of the reasons why stretch is caused as well. I think we uh, covered that in one of the episodes in the past. Yeah. Now, I do know uh, I used to do this. I don't do it anymore, but I used to to, to uh, do a little bit of trimming before I flip. I would, you know, take off a bunch of fan leaves, thin the thing out, thinking like, okay, let me give it some room to grow here. And so I do all of that stuff and then flip the switch with mixed results. Sometimes it would stretch. Sometimes it was fine, but I don't know. What do you do? Do you, do you leave it alone until after she's finished stretching or do you do any trimming before you flip? Uh, if I do, then I'll, I'll leave it a few days to make sure any stresses you covered before right. I do flip it to flower. You know, yeah. it, just specifically those, that middle section, that, that, that change uh-huh. over stage, man, you want to be very careful through that time, not to stress yeah. the plant too much. That's kind of where I'm at now. I mean, that those are the early days, like you said, experimenting with it, reading different techniques and before I actually decided what I like to do. And I'm pretty much like you. I like the plant to be comfortable, happy and everything and then flip. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And, and the, the actual lollipopping stage, right? When you when you actually get to that bit, you're going to be surprised about how much you're going to take off the plant. And it's scary for a new grower to take that much off the plant. And you, you will be terrified most likely (laughs) yes so what i would usually recommend if it's just lollipopping you're doing you know you just let the plant grow you've done a little bit of low stress training but it's not in a scrug or anything like that you know it's just a plant standing there uh you're gonna check out on all the 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 top section of the plant where the canopy is where it's getting the most amount of light and then anything in the shadow underneath then you want to really remove it it's not going to get enough light to be worth it. And most of the time, if it's not really worth it, then the plant will drop it off anyway. It's not going to waste energy on a leaf. It'll just drop it off. So it's not like these things don't do things. It's just it keeps things much tidier. It's more efficient for the plant to have the good light get into the good section. You have that whole inverse square law. You know, the further away the leaf is from the light, the, the less light it's getting exponentially. Right. And then by removing a lot of that lower canopy that we no longer need, we get better airflow through the canopy mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. lower humidity throughout our buds, which is yes. much, much more desirable for everything. And then the energy the plant would have spent 
making these smaller little buds further down the plant very like in the shadow you know it doesn't get a lot of light the leaf there don't get a lot of light so the then buds down there it's going to be small but because the plant isn't spending the energy making those it can spend more energy making the good shit at the top you know them big juicy colas at the top and it's spending all its energy making good stuff and it's not wasting time on the stuff underneath yeah i agree uh-huh. and and then when you're harvesting, you, you know what it's like. For those who have har- harvested, <laughs> yeah. you know what it's like, man. Where you've trimmed up all the nice big buds. You know, you've taken off a branch, trim off that that big juicy cola. Like, oh, look at the size of this cola. Isn't this a juicy, delicious cola? Look at that. And then you get to this <laughs> fucking soggy little popcorn bud at the bottom. Like, uh-huh. A ugh. quarter of a gram, and it's going to take yeah. five minutes to trim this. <laughs> yeah. you know, that's a quarter yeah. of a gram. <laughs> That you really want to just throw in the trim bag because that's mm-hmm. where it belongs anyway. Mm-hmm. That's what I usually do. <laughs> yeah, but yeah, new growers are not going to do that because you know a lot of times they're they're conserving. They haven't they haven't got any kind of yield up yet. They haven't got any reserves in in their cabinet, but yet. So. Right. Mm-hmm. But a way to avoid that is to do the proper lollipopping and yeah. get the good stuff in your cabinet instead of these little popcorn buds. And, and that's right, and especially when you're growing indoors as well. Like Monkey said, there with airflow. It's so important to keep good airflow. The the mold spores are going to germinate in stale air. And if you've got just got monstrous bushy plants that air can't pass around properly, you're increasing the chances yeah. of mold spores germinating. You don't want that to happen. So you're going to get rid of all that shit lower down. Yep. And the more leaf you have, the more the bleep, the plant is going to transpire, releasing humidity into the air around mm-hmm. it and putting more humidity around those buds. Yeah, it's all a recipe for disaster. So lollipopping is going to help you avoid problems, so many problems. That's right. So where do we start with that, man? We, we, we know we got to do it. So what so- I do, let's say it's it's just starting to grow some nice little pom-poms now, and I'm like, okay, it's, it's time to do some fucking trimming. And you can use like a visual guideline if you want. You know, bricklayers, they put a piece of string out so they can lay the bricks down all level and even. So, you know, so it's uh, structurally sound. You can pretty much do the same thing with your grow tin. If you just put a piece of string up and anything below that piece of string can be taken off, you know, mm-hmm. and that it's just a nice visual guide to have then. But anything down the bottom goes, you know, in small little branches as well. It might stretch up to the top, but you can see if it's going to be a, a weak branch or a strong one. Does it support its own weight nicely? Things like, you know, is it in good condition? Can it stand holding a nice fat bud on it is you there know, room you, for it in the canopy you know mm-hmm, one of those mm-hmm. things too is it overcrowded yeah that's right man because then buds fill out you know you don't want it to be too fucking fit out nope mm-hmm. well you do but you want it of the juicy stuff rather than loads of little things exactly yeah. so and yeah i'll just make my way up each stem and it, it's time consuming it can take a while and you want to be careful of course so I'd use uh, just a pair of scissors. I don't do anything fancy. You know what I'm like. I don't do anything too fancy, man. I trim things off with my thumbnail and shit. I ain't crazy about it. You know, <laughs> some people would say use a razor blade that's sterilized and do this and cool. Do that if you want to, man. That's another good way to do it. But I just use a simple pair of scissors. Snip, snip. That comes off. That comes off. And I make my way up the up this stem until about three nodes, sometimes two, depending on how much the internodal spacings is. You know, if it, the top couple of inches of any stem that I think is getting a good amount of light in the canopy, then I'd stop there and everything below it comes off. That's bud sites, that's leaf, that's everything. Just stem stays and everything comes off underneath. Mm-hmm. 
Yeah. So what's your technique, Mikey? How do you roll when you do yours? Similar to you, um, because I, I grow in smallish tents, very smallish tents, I prefer to take the plants out the lollipop and so I can actually see what I'm doing. Mm -hmm. uh, my standard support for plants is old school tomato cages. But you know what's great about tomato cages? They have rings, one, two, three, which is just like Mackie's string you're talking about. The mm -hmm. rings actually uh, create nice visual lines on the plant for me. So I'll usually take it out. And I know it I know um, depends upon the height of the plant as to where I'm going to lollipop it at. If it's a really tall plant, I got to take more off the bottom. If it's a shorter mm -hmm. plant, probably less. And the reason for that is light penetration and air passing through the plant. But anyway, um, so and I'll, the ability to get to the medium to water it, you know, so that too, that too. <laughs> yeah. yeah, that's a great example because I, there's one uh, I just finished lollipopping a soil grow that I'm running. And before I lollipopped it, I was having a heck of a time watering the plant. I couldn't even see where the, the soil was. Mm -hmm. Yeah, that's that's really important to get all of that out of the way there. But anyway, when I'll take it out of the tent, I'll look at it. And uh, usually after the flowering starts somewhere around day 21, uh, after you flip, you can kind of see where the bud structure looks like it's going to be nice and dense. Mm -hmm. uh, with experience, you'll, you'll see what I'm talking about. It doesn't look like, okay, this is kind of a bud, but as you get up top, more up to the top, you'll see that you're getting more dense white hairs, more full capacity on those things. So I'll pick my line. Well, the good looking buds, everything above that's going to stay and everything below that it just comes down and I use something very similar to what I use for trimming the buds. I'll just go down there. I'll start with all the fan leaves below my line and then I'll start coming up and, and removing all the, uh, the other side shoots and stuff like that. Even the small buds that are coming up and be, and we'll get into it. I'm a main line, a grower. So I'm doing this, I'm doing it eight mm -hmm. different times as I'm going up, but I'll, I'll pick a certain point on that and everything comes off the bottom I don't remove all the fan leaves. A lot of people, when they're doing a lollipop, will remove all the fan leaves, top and bottom on the plant after, after it stretches, thinking that they're going to want to go ahead and regrow that. I like to leave, if I can leave the fan leaves on the upper parts of it, some of them, not all of them, if they're in the inside of restricting airflow or light, light to get down into the plant, those will go. But some of those big fans, I like to leave them because the plant likes to store goodies in there, and sometimes it'll need that later on. And I get mm -hmm. frostier, stinkier plants if I'm nicer and leave them a little extra, extra reserves mm -hmm. in there sometimes though. So, but anyway, everything, all that, all that small buds, all those big fan leaves and stuff on the bottom. Uh, if there's any shoots coming up from the center, like I, like I was talking about that look like they, they, if, if they're even questionable, they're like, well, it might make something. No, it won't make, if it, it won't. It's one of those things that I've learned. If it doesn't look like it's going to be a good bud, it's not going to be a good bud. You can't really mm -hmm. gamble on it. After the stretch is over, you'll know what you're going to keep. And uh, But usually for me, it's half to two-thirds of, of the plant from the bottom that's got to come off. And uh, I'll end up with yeah. a bucket full of leaves, and I guarantee you there's more green on the floor than there is on the plant when mm -hmm. I'm done. Yeah, two-thirds is about right, I would say. That seems about right for when I'm doing mine. Two-thirds of plant matter comes off. Have you ever done something like this before, March? Have you ever done some lollipopping? Yeah, a little bit. But I think based on what you're, what the questions I was asking at the outset of the show, I may have been doing it too early. Right. Yeah. And it is yeah. weird to take off that much as well. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. It I even so do this with autos yeah. as well. It, because people might be thinking, it's just because we say flip to flower and things like that. But yeah, I'll do this with autos too. When autos start showing their flowers, then I'll do a 
I'll do a lollipop on it to get rid of anything, but I don't think it's going to turn into a nice bud, you know? Well, it would apply. So this applies to like autos, photos. It doesn't really matter, right? Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. But th nope. this is my technique. I don't know what everybody else does. This technique works well for me. And, you know, I've been doing that for quite a while and had no issues. So that's yeah, why sure. I, I don't like to say, uh, you know, that's the way to do it for anybody. They can all decide for themselves. But th this is the technique I use for lollipopping on both photo periods and autos. Yeah, for me, it was a learning experience when I first started to, to learn the lollipopping techniques. You know, I was a few grows in, got to learn how to do this the right way. I probably took off too little at first. And, you know, but but over time, develop, you start learning to read the plant and you'll know exactly where to take off, off you know, because anything below a certain line is going to be an inferior quality. You will definitely mm -hmm. see that when you start harvesting your plants. And so right. after you've done that two or three times, you'll 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 say, "Well, should have taken off a little bit more this time." Yeah. After you'll... you've trimmed fucking thousands of little tiny popcorn buds yes. that weren't worth the time, you'd be like, "I'm fucking lollipopping the fuck out of this yeah. next time." Yeah. And do you still have a favor with those with those little buds? <laughs> Throw them in your trim bag and make edibles, right, Lawrence? Mm -hmm. mm -hmm. Yeah, yeah. I can't bother those popcorn nugs; they're just a pain in the ass. Yeah, yeah. they're great for edibles. Yeah, man. <laughs> Yeah, so lollipopping at the right time is key. And Definitely. then when you're doing it, like I say, I use a pair of scissors, but there's loads of little tools you can get, little pruning scissors. Sometimes stems can be a little bit tough for just a normal pair of scissors. So just having a pair of pruning shears, uh, that, that would be cool to have as well. Yeah. And, you know, what I found as well, I know I like to do things in the simple way, you know, like I said, with my thumb and my finger. But sometimes you have to be careful when taking off branches because it can strip skin off the, the branch as well. You don't want to cause any unnecessary stress to your plant while you're doing this. You know, it's already going to be stressful enough because you're removing so much stuff. So, mm -hmm. you know, uh, make sure you're using the proper tools and don't just try and wing it and strip bits off the plant and damage it where you shouldn't be damaging it. Yeah. If it's your first time doing a lollipop, you will be shocked because the plant will look mm -hmm. sort of naked. But mm -hmm. do yourself a favor and take a picture then and take a picture a week after. You will not recognize your plant. They recover mm -hmm. fast and they come back strong. Yep. They love it. They do. It's just keeping the good stuff at the top and getting rid of the all the top stuff is fine as it is. You know, leave the leaf, leave the bud, leave everything, leave it all as it is. There's, there's nothing you have to do. It's all the stuff underneath that isn't going to get a good amount of light. You know, if it's in shadow, the canopy at the top is too thick. You know, what I mean, it, it it's just it's. I know I know it's scary for new growers, but it's just something that oh, I just do with every plant now without even thinking about it. It's like oh, it's at that stage. Blah, 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 snip, snip, snip. Pop that yeah. off, pop that off, you know. Put a couple of hours aside and put a podcast on, you know, listen to one of our interviews or something and just go and sit in the tent because I have four plants when I'm doing it. So it takes at least an hour, you know, you just I'm trimming away around the plants. And the worst thing is as well when you've done it all and then you, you'll notice with your first plant, you start off, uh, you're a little bit more conservative. You're leaving more on. And as you go around, you're taking more <laughs> off. So by the fourth one, you're like, oh, that's much different from the first one. So you usually have to go back to the first one as well. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> Just to, I do that. Tidy up it a bit more as well. But, I'll admit it. I've done that. Yeah. Mm -hmm. But they're always fine. I've never had a plant like after all the plants that I've trimmed and lollipop the fuck out of at least two thirds coming off it. And I'm always shocked if my bats come off it. And But I've never had any plant be like, oh, that's it. I'm dead now. You know, <laughs> they've all been absolutely fine. No, no, I wouldn't even say they've suffered any shock from it by what by what I've seen. I'm sure they must have. 
But really, after a couple of days, they're more like, oh, thanks for getting rid of all that shit. It was really holding me back, you know? I don't <laughs> and then know. it starts smashing it. I've not really researched it, but it seems like doing the lollipop then, it's, I mean, like you said, you're taking about 50% of the plant and throwing it on the ground. At least. Uh, mm-hmm. Yeah, it's crazy, crazy numbers what you're doing. But somehow or another, since that plant is in that perfect stage right there, switching over to flower, it really doesn't shock it like you think it would. They yeah. just, they just switch gears and keep on going. It's like, oh, this is what you want me to do now. They take their cue and they keep on running. I mean, it's yeah, scary um, as heck the first time. I ain't lying. Mad Dog said there are uh, water the plants first before you trim to. Well, what I would do, and it's because I'm in cocoa. I don't know what you would do in soil necessarily, but I'd water just a little bit first, just to get get the plants to have a little bit of water in there because you you're gonna remove loads of shit, you know, and that's gonna have that water in it when you remove it. So. Th- I like to water a little bit just to give them a little bit of water to reduce the stress, do the trimming and then water them again afterwards. So then they've got like all the food they need to recover from all the stress that they've just suffered. Yeah, that's just, cocoa, I don't know any signs behind anywhere. that. Yeah. yeah that's it. Cocoa, yeah. So no big deal mm-hmm. there. Now in soil, I prefer not to have water in the same day. Cause I'm a bit, I'd have to take, I'd like to take them out the tent. I don't want that soil stays wet. I don't right. want, I don't, I don't want to get water everywhere. So. I don't know. Do whatever works is what I'd say. I'm still learning on soil, so don't take my word on it. Yeah, I assume that it's the plant's gonna want loads of uh, loads of food available to it when you do this stuff to it. So I think it would be good to give it a watering at least afterwards. Beforehand, not so much because you, mm-hmm. you know all that moisture is just gonna go into the plant matter that you're removing anyway. But once you've done your whole trimming. And then you can do a water and after that, and the plant's got whatever it needs to recover from the stress. You know? But definitely fucking do it. It's it's a beautiful way to grow. And it's so tidy, so nice. It keeps the grow room much tidier. And, you know, it stops you trimming all the tiny popcorn buds. Yep. You're only, you're only going to do that once, and then you'll realize that maybe I should have lollipopped. Mm-hmm. mm-hmm. I remember... So, and- Someone saying at saying uh, telling me that that you didn't need the lollipop, that you could just grow all natural and everything would be fine, all the buds would be good. Boy, did I trim a bunch of junk that that go around. That's mm-hmm, definitely mm-hmm. not the case to do it. And you say like not necessarily the same when you're growing outdoors either, because the the plant outdoors can have a lot more space to just fill out and yeah. get you know have enough airflow around it and shit. It's getting loads of light from the sun. I say yeah, it's more important indoors. That. Sorry, so much. Do, do you lollipop outdoors then typically, or is it just more for an indoor application? I, well, I, I, I can't grow outdoors. outdoors but... I, I know outdoor growers that do do some lollipopping. I don't know if it's, mm-hmm. I believe it's different than we're doing in a tent. Mm-hmm, I mm-hmm. mean, the thing is in a tent, we only have so much energy we can give a plant. Like Mackie says, it's pretty much unlimited outside. Yeah. But I do lollipop tomato plants, but not massively. You know, I don't, t- it's more like I'm taking stuff from the inside because it's such a bush. It takes stuff from the inside of it, but leaves the stuff at the bottom that can get enough airflow and shit. You know, it's, got, it's kind of a different kind of lollipopping. Mm-hmm. As long as everything can get good airflow, you're pretty good, I think. Yeah. I'd probably do it just because it looks nice as well. You know, it's just so much tidier, so much cleaner. I like the lollipop because one of the reasons because it looks so tidy. And I've got that video on YouTube somewhere where um, they, if you search with Jack Herald Grow Diary, then it will take you through uh, a scrog that I did a while ago. And you can see there's a difference 
underneath the scrug is, is all bushy, got loads of plant there. And then it cuts to where I've, after I've done the lollipop and you just see everything's been removed. Yeah, it's a shocking there. amount of plant, man. It's a shock. You'd, you'd see it and think, what the actual fuck? And plants are going to die, but they don't, man. They flourish after that. Yeah, the lollipop on, on a, a scrog is just removing everything from the soil all the way up to the netting. That's your, mm-hmm. that's your lollipop. And so what you're doing without a scrog, you're duplicating that process. Yeah, pretty much. Yeah. So, uh, so and every, everybody needs to do this shit, you know. you got to give it a try. Unless you're going outdoors, maybe leave it. But if you're indoors, definitely do some lollipop and just get rid of that lower stuff that isn't going to grow into anything nice. But the trimming can start much sooner as well. We, well, I, I recommend you top every one of your plants when you're growing indoors. You know, you're going to top it around the fourth node, then you're going to let it grow out, do a little bit of training, then you're going to do your lollipopping. But you can go even more extreme with the trimming beforehand as well. And this is something Monkey does with the, uh, the main lining or manifolding it's called. It's got a couple of different names. You want to explain that process, Monkey, of, uh, you know, the, the, I know you have your own way of doing it, but what's the, like the official way of doing a yeah. manifold or a main line? Well, to what I know is the official way of, of manifold or main lining uh, was, was developed by a fellow named Nug, Nug Buckets. I believe. And, and uh, his theory was basically that if you can create the same length of piping to every bud site, so that if the stem is the same length and go, makes the same amount of turns to everything, and if it's the most direct, straightest path, you quote unquote, everything gets a main line of nutrients to make your plant grow, grow healthier. So his strategy on, on main line is you take a plant, uh, grown from seed, uh, you have to have an, uh, an apical dominance to actually get a main line going easily. It can be done with a, with a uh, clone, but it's not easy and it's messy. It doesn't look as good. But anyway, from a seed with apical, apical dominance, the recommendation was to grow, let the plant grow to five nodes tall and then top it at the third node and then remove nodes one and two as well. So you're only leaving the third node. So me, oh. I leave... I leave uh, one, you know, one fan leave on each side and just top it right there at, at the node. And that's the hardest cut you're ever going to make because you just basically completely destroyed your plant, or I should mm-hmm, think you did. Mm-hmm. Uh, it looks pretty bare at that point. Yeah. So then you're going to go ahead and let it, what happens is the magic is, is now you, you remove the dominance from the top node and you've transferred that to the two side nodes that are going to come right out of where the leaf meets the stem. You'll have two new growth ha- uh, tips come out. And so you're going to let those growth tips come out. And then you won't usually let those, those go out. If you, the way I do it, and I'm not going to, I don't remember the way Nug Buckets specifically said, let this happen. I like, I just go let those side shoots grow to three nodes long. Then I cut the, the, the end two nodes off of them. So I have now got two stems coming out that have both been topped and that's going to give me two more off each of those. So I started with one, I topped it. That gives me two stems. I topped those that gives me four stems. Okay. Now you're going to have to sit down there and let that grow out a little bit longer. And that's again, going to grow out till it gets three nodes long. And then I'm going to cut it again at that first node. So now I had, I went from one to two and from two to four, and now I'm going to go four to eight. And because the way you're doing this now, each side is going to have exactly the same zigzag of, of, of limbs, of stems. 
so that each stem is the same length from the root. This was his theory that everything's going to be even. It's going to have you nice, even, big, long uh, colas here. And as it grows out, then you take and you, you start separating these branches so that you're going to actually get them eight separate colas. You're trying to position them around the clock, eight, eight different points, like an octagon around there. And you're going to stake them straight up. And all of that lower stuff, the stuff that's going to come out in the middle, you don't want any of that stuff right there. So you're going to try and grow just those eight mains that, that you, you uh, trimmed for. And I know it sounds like a lot of cutting and it's going to take a lot of time to do it. And at first it does. Um, but there's a magic that happens because the, what usually happens with a cannabis plant, if it's left untopped, it grows like a Christmas tree because the top node has what's called apical dominance. There's a hormone produced by the taproot that causes the top, since the top of the plant is furthest away from the hormone, hormone it grows fastest. So what you have to do now is you have to break that dominance so that the rest of the plant is going to grow fast as well. When you top it uh, one, now you end up with two dominant tops. So both of these tops are now dominant and they're going to be growing at roughly the same rate, but faster than the rest of the plant. Then uh, what you, you'll do is you cut those and now you, when you, uh, you split the amount of hormone that each, each of these tops is dealing with, but when you cut it again, you're going from half to a fourth. And by the time you cut it the, the third time, you, the hormone levels in these tops has, has uh, gone to such a low level that now all bets are off and the growth accelerates like nothing you've ever seen. It, it's, mm -hmm. it's exciting when it finally happens. But you're basically completely breaking all dominance on the plant and causing the plant from every, every node to start growing as fast and as strong as it possibly can from every node. And that's the secret behind mainlining. But mainlining in, uh, involves starting at node three, and it, it's three toppings to get eight mains to go straight up. Beautiful. Yeah. And it's so clean and tidy, mainlining the cannabis plant. is just so fucking nice. But and it is scary. Said, it's a, like, like you say, you let it go to the fifth node, and then you're taking it off above the third node. And it's like, damn. And, you, and you're, and you're even taking trim. off the bottom two nodes when mm -hmm. you're doing it. It's like, oh, you don't need any of this stuff. That's right. And then it looks like a little T-shape, and you, you want to shape out your, uh, do a little bit of training on the nodes as they grow longer as well, right? You say you go to the fourth, but you go just past the third and then trim it. Uh, I just cut off, I, I trim between the third. Oh, you're talking about on the side shoots? On the, on the side shoots, yeah. How long uh, do you let them go before you trim? Because because I'm lazy and because I have a small tent, I just, I'll let them grow out till they're three and then trim at the first. Because right. the first node's always going to go, the nodes, they're, they're offset 90 degrees to each other. And the mm -hmm. first node's going to go left and right. And then the second node's going to go up and down. So right. I want a left, right node because I'm trying to go ahead and, and spread these, these, uh, branches around the circle so i want to kind of i like those angles so i'm always going to going to cut at an odd numbered node so i have that better angle on those things like that but because i'm um uh, impatient i want to get the stuff done as as fast as i can i always go at the first node it's risky you can make mistakes because the plants are so young and the, and the, mm -hmm. the stems are so thin and you do have to be careful um, if you're afraid of this, you can always go from the first node, maybe go to the third node and to do a little extra trimming. There's a lot more right. than one way to do this stuff. Yeah, the he... I think uh, the original, uh, what was his name? Uh, Nug Musher, did you say? Nug, Nug Buckets. Nug Buckets. Nug buckets. <laughs> is, uh, it, 
you would let the plant grow up and do the T-shaped thing, like we said. You let it grow to the fifth node, top above the third, take away the second and the first. So you're left with just the two side shoots and the two fan leaf on the third node. You let those side shoots grow out until they get to the fourth node. And then you top above the third again, you get rid of the second. So you just mm-hmm. on each side shoot, you're just left with the first node and the third node. And, you know, you've, you've uh, topped it again. And then you let those side shoots grow out and, and they'll turn into colas. That's the way I think it's done by uh, note buckets. Um, yeah, there's different ways to do it. And there's mm-hmm. even some modifieds. I mean, I, I run very frequently run what I call a modified main line. Uh, my modified main line uh, only tops twice to do it. I top at the third node, but leave the second, first, the second and third on the plant. And then top this both when those second and uh, third nodes start growing out, I'll top those again. Mm-hmm. So that'll give me eight right there. But I'm dealing, yeah. I'm dealing with a, a little bit difference in the stem there. But I find that that's usually a pretty good approximation mm-hmm. of a classic main line, and it's much faster. Um, Nebula Hayes has a modification that that she's done to where she lets after she tops the third node, she lets that that node grow out a little bit longer. And then when she tops the third node, she lets two of the other other branches that are coming up straight up from from that stem as well go up. So she's only topping twice and letting some other auxiliary stems come up. So yeah, you can experiment and, and figure out what works for you, what works in your tent with your growth situation. Modifying your main line, there's no shame in that. If you can get something that works better for you, by all means. And I'd like to hear it. Come over to Percy's and show me because I've been playing with this now for a few years. Uh, I got a few things I like, and every time I see something else new, I, I love trying it. So, yeah, let's do it. It's a, it's a nice way to grow, especially if you like to keep a nice, organized, tidy looking tent. Then mainlining is definitely something new. It's just so equal and, and balanced and level. It's beautiful to see. Just efficient, it. you know, it, it's an efficient grow. Now, the one <laughs> thing that most people won't consider about mainlining that I found the biggest reason that I love doing it so much is when trim time comes, you know, mm. when, when I'm, if I'm growing in a classic mainline, I'm growing eight mains with nothing else. Sometimes if I have, like Mackie says, sometimes you'll find an intermediate stem in the middle that looks good when you're lollipopping at the most, I'll be trimming eight mains and maybe three other auxiliary mains in there. So it's not a whole lot, but I'm trimming these nice long skinny colas you know not skinny but fat but long quality know. over quantity you know yeah just, not these yeah. little short things are all leafy but it's nice and long so all i really have to do is buck off these buds off the main stem and knock off a few sugar leaves and i'm done with the trimming uh, quality done main line and quality made uh grown long nice uh dense buds are so much easier to trim than up than a plant that's left to go larfy and, and terrible. You you'll do twice as long of twice mm-hmm. as much work and take twice as long on a non-trimmed plant than, than you and, will on a and a you probably just trim it off and you, know, you trim it off anyway at the end and you're not going to use it anyway. No. You know, so you could have had that and put it on the bigger colas if you lollipopped earlier on. You know, mm-hmm. and that's why you need to do these things. And it, as we say, it can be scary because you're taking so much off the plant especially as a new grower. But over yeah. time, you're going to realize just how much these plants can take, man. They are absolutely fucking savage. You know yeah. what I mean? When I first started, I read about mainlining, and I actually thought it was so stupid because, again, I'm thinking, 
look at all the time I'm going to waste here. You know, you're a new grower. You, you're trying mm -hmm. to get to the finish line fast. And so you, you're telling me to, you want me to grow this plant for a month and you want me to go and cut it in half. It just didn't make any sense. Yeah. You know? But when you do it, you'll figure it out. You know, once you get the plant in the right configuration and it's growing the right way, it just takes off mm -hmm. and it's quality. Yeah. Yes, man. It's a good way to do it. Check it out, everybody. If you're going to try any of these, well, you have to do lollipopping. You know, it's like lollipopping is not optional if you're growing indoors, in my opinion. You need to really do this shit to get the best out of your plant. You're just going to have crap growth on there, but the plant isn't going to work well with anyway. So definitely do some lollipopping on your plants. Mainlining is more optional, but it's a, it's a nice way, like Monkey said, a nice organized grow. Everything's efficient. The trimming is so fucking easy at the end. And it's a it's a beautiful way to grow, man. You got you got diaries over on Percy's with a mainline monkey. Yeah, um, I did the uh, LA peyote because the LAPK seedsman grow. Uh, mm -hmm. I did a diary in there that explained both my uh, you know classic mainline and then the modified mainline with pictures and everything else like that that are pretty easy to follow. I think Turpo actually followed that, and he's doing mainline now. And actually, he's his mainlines are looking. I hate to say it better than mine sometimes. Nice. So would you just search like uh, mainlining on Percy's and you um, find those diaries? I'm probably going to go ahead and put a link in my profile at Percy's for previous diaries with that in there and people could look for it there. Um, it's it's on the, it's in completed diary section and it would be monkey grows LA peyote kush uh, seedsmen grow off. Long. It's a really old diary about three or four years ago. But mm -hmm. I tried to write it in such a way that it was a documentary situation for mainlining. So it seems to get, seems to have all the information there. Yeah. I'll, uh, I'll make a link, make sure that link's available to everybody. You know, if anybody wants to do this as well, then we, we have Percy's for a reason, man. You come over, you can upload a picture of your plant and say, which bits do I take off, which bits do I keep? And then we can upload it again with little circles around what, what you need to do. You know, we can be it can help you with all of that shit. So if you do need any help, if you're unsure of anything, like which nodes do I take off? Can you help? Yeah, we, we can help you out, man. Just come oh, yeah. and upload a picture. And let us know. That's one thing you find at Percy's is I don't care how many times we've answered the questions, we still answer them again because we mm -hmm. understand what it's like to be a new grower. You don't you don't know everything yet. You never will. You, you'll get close, no. maybe. But <laughs> you just got to keep learning more. It's a good hobby. Everybody should be doing it, and you should do it any way you want. You know, if you just if you don't want to do any lightly popping and mainlining, then that's up to you, and it's your growth. You know, if you don't want to top it, that's up to you too. We just you know, we want everybody to find their own way of growing and make it like their signature method. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. <laughs> do your thing, man. Do what's right for you, and it's different for everybody. Yeah, I would have to agree with that. So, yes, of course, if you have any questions, you know where to find us. But we have some list of mail questions that we should get to. Should we do those? Is there anything to add here with mainlining and uh, lollipopping? No, it, it's one of those visual things. And like Mackie mm -hmm. said, you know, always remember, always, that, that we're at Percy's. We're always at Percy's. And if you need information for any of these topics, if you can't figure it out, come to Percy's. We'll give you the information, and we won't even give you any hassles about it. Mm -hmm. That's right, man. Don't be shy.
So in Listen Mail, we have from Gellert here. I'm sure it's been covered before, but was wondering what amendments are needed when wanting to reuse Soham soil. I'm coming to the end of my current run and would ideally like to use the same soil for my next grow. Thanks as ever. Any ideas there, Monkey? What would you do? I see. I'm I'm not that much of a of a soil mm-hmm. grower for yeah, cannabis. True. I mean, I I know how to do it for my other crops and my flowers and whatnot that I'm doing. I would yeah. hate to give you a recommendation because I'm just learning reamending myself. I'm, I made TG's mix, and I'm still going mm-hmm. through my first barrel of it. Yeah. So I haven't. What about you? What about you, Marge? You, you're a soil grower. What do you, you do? You renew your soil or? I yeah. haven't. I would just mix up, like, again, like Monkey said, TG's um, super soil mix. I would make up a big, mm-hmm. like, huge bit of that and just, I wouldn't re-amend. I would just use it and then right. have more when I need it because I've made a bunch to start. See, I used to re-amend mine. It wasn't too much of a problem. But what I would like to put in it, it was uh, just some new compost or compost, you know, whichever way you want to call it that stuff <laughs> yeah the, the homemade stuff is the best if you can use that then that's cool you know you, i would put like a third of that back into the soil mix but to do it properly you'd really need to test the soil to find out what's lacking in it and then provide organic amendments accordingly you know and we did cover that in one of the episodes uh organic amendments and shit it's a complex one it's complicated but yeah some compost some vermicompost if you got some worm shit Damn, yeah, you know, fucking add like ten percent of that to to your mix. You know, if you have a hundred liters, add ten liters or something. I don't know what the exact thing is. I just, I'm pretty. You know, I just like to mix it up and then be like, yeah, that'll be fine. It'll do fine, and they do fine. You know, <laughs> mm-hmm. you can add some bone meal if you want to, but there's always concerns with using that kind of stuff because of heavy metals and shit that might be in there that you don't want to be putting into your soil. You know, uh, fish blood and bone. Um, and I'm not sure how much either. And top dressing is good. You know that that can work too. If it starts to run out towards the end, you can do some top dressing. But that, that's all you see. Just bone meal, uh, chicken manure. Chicken manure was a good one. When I added that to the soil, the plants really fucking like that. So yeah, chicken manure, some worm shit, uh, some compost, and that seems to get everything running again nice and smoothly. So yeah, that's all you're doing, adding poo and compost. Pretty much, yeah. <laughs> okay. Say it the way it is. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> they, they like shit, yeah. There's some teas, some adding some teas to it is good. But, you know, I was never a, a good soil grower. I mean, it's not like I was a bad soil grower. The plants would come out fucking decent. But mm-hmm. they would uh, start to get efficient in things towards the end. So uh, I don't know. The cocoa is much easier for me. I understand that. It works it's... for me. Yeah. yeah, as long as you know your nutrient, you know, what I call mm-hmm. the nutrient curve mm-hmm. about what you need when, it's, yeah. Yeah, and that's what we say to everybody, you know, figure out what works right for you, but keep trying new things. It's not like you should find a way that works and then not try new things. You should definitely try new things as well. It's a mm-hmm. hobby, isn't it? It is uh, a hobby. It's supposed to be fun, too. Right. Mm-hmm. Uh, Postman Wayne in the chat said, would Mackie like March to make him a batch of tur- Turkish delights for Christmas? <laughs> Jesus. Wait a minute. Mallory says she hadn't pr- quite perfected her recipe yet, though. You know, it's, uh, I, I wouldn't say no. I'd try it still. I might I don't enjoy know, it. The best example of Turkish delight were I to make it for you, but I still think you should enjoy some over the holidays. 
Oh, I'll try. I'll try. Yeah. All right. I'm gonna ask you about that. I'm like, so All right. Your- you know, there will be questions. There will be a test at the there end. There will be questions. That's right. Maybe even a poll, poll happening in the chat. I don't know. It could be a variety of things. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So we've got like with that question there, man. Just uh, if you uh, go and ask on the forum because there's more like a uh, professional soil growers over there that will know what they're talking about. I don't know how they um, meant their stuff, but that's how I used to do mine. Recharge and that's mm. too. Come on, this I should know this because I've read it so many times. But the mango smile's got my brain. E- eco thrive insect frass. There you go. Eco uh, recharge and what's the other one? Yeah, there's two of them that, that people have been talking about a lot mm-hmm. over there. And actually, because you're using Sohum as well, I think you might be able to look at the Sohum website and they have the amendments. Which they would recommend specifically for their soil. Yeah, I know builder soil that. does. Yeah, yeah, and builder soil as well. Yeah, it's, they're going to have soil amendments. Mm-hmm. Compost is always good. That's got just a, you know, especially if you've got like the leaf from old grows, and that's turned into compost. Man, that's that's a uh, like essentially exactly what cannabis plants need. That that's everything right there. Yeah, you know, because it's come from the plant. And the plant knows what it wants. So you just get that. You put, give it back to the plant again via some worm poop. Pow. Onto a winner. That's perfect. And you're shit. In. Yep. Yeah. But, uh, so we, we have uh, another question here from Cookie Grow. Is what does everyone do with their plants that herm? Hmm. Depends. Yeah. yeah well, I've you... never had a plant hermy on me. Lucky Marge. Yeah, anyway, yes. Knock on wood there. But, but saying well, that as well, it's been a long time since I have too. Well, I mean, uh, it depends on the type of hermy we're talking about here. Like late flower bananas, mm. or, that's no big deal. It happens frequently if I push too hard. Mm. Um, recently, I had one that when a lollipop that I found two balls on the lower part of the canopy. I'm just letting it grow because I'm only growing it for flower. So I'll be fine. Most of mm. the time, I just keep going. Honestly, no, if, if it's a bad... If it's a bad, bad Hermie, or if it's early on that I see that it's a Hermie, it's out of here. But if I got time invested to it and it's starting to flower or something like that, I'll usually try and save it if I can. Yeah, man. Whenever I see, like, well, if I see nonas, it's very rare I see nonas nowadays. Genetics seems to be getting better. Or I'm just using better genetics, maybe. I don't know. But I don't, it's been a long time since I've had a Hermie. If you push Maybe. them hard enough and long enough in the end, they'll, they'll go. You'll get nanas. I mean, it's mm-hmm. just natural. It's part of what the plant's trying to do. You know? and it, that's it. So many things have to be taken. If it's early on, like if oh, you early, just flip yeah. to flower and you're two weeks in, two weeks. You two know, weeks? You, and you start seeing balls forming, then, yeah, fucking get rid of yeah. it. Go again, you know. But if you're on week 10 and you start to see f- fucking male flowers forming, it's a bit shit, but you're gonna you're gonna push it for another couple of weeks, aren't you, to finish it off? Maybe it will have seeds in it, and if so, then you're just gonna have to fucking make hash, man. It'll be all right, you know. It's not the end of the world. You're gonna have something, and yeah. for a while, sometimes maybe it's good to have buds with seeds in it to remember what it was like back in the day and how lucky we are now to have the quality of cannabis that we have. Mm-hmm. Like somebody explained to me, though, you know, if you got a strain that's it's specced for eight weeks and you see nanners at six. It's not going to have time to make seeds in those two weeks mm-hmm. that you got left to go. So you best don't just pluck the nanners out and keep on burrowing. Yes. Fine. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And, and that, yeah, that's something that you have to consider as well. It does take time to make those seeds. 
Mm-hmm. You know? So it's not like you have to kill it. It's 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 something that you should definitely get a second opinion on. It's a good thing to, you know, if you suspect a Hermie, then get over on Percy to get a second opinion so you can make that like as a collective decision because it's a big one to kill the plant or keep it. You know, yeah. You have mm-hmm. to get some help on that one. Yes. Good question, man. Well, I've had Hermes in the past, but I didn't realize what Hermes until I've tried the bird and then be like, why is there a seed in this? Oh, that's unusual. Mm-hmm. And then smoke another joint and be like, oh, why is there three seeds in this? That's- <laughs> <laughs> yeah, not cool, man. Not cool. But it's not the end of the world at the same time. No. Just uh, get rid of them if it's too early. Keep them if it's late. It's a difficult question. If you have a homie in specific and you wonder and you want to know, uh, you know, should you get rid of it? Then I hope that helps, man. Otherwise, come and ask on purposes for a, a better description and put a picture up. So we got one from Savant here as our question. From a purist point of view, when is the right time to harvest in order to experience the true characteristics of a cultivar? Uh, one scoping trichomes. <laughs> he says rhetorical question. Who's to say when the time is right? And uh, two die on the vine. Hmm, it's an interesting From a question. Purest point of view. Mm. I'm gonna go with scoping the trichomes versus dying on the vine because <laughs> dying on the vine. I mean, come on, you, you've you've passed your primal as far as cannabinoids and terpenes and everything. I just like also getting out the scope. Really, it makes me feel yeah, sane. Yeah. That's right. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Uh, and for me, it's the smell, you know. I know when the plants are done. Yeah, it's it smells different, man. But when when that shit is ripe, ready for the chop, man, and it's at peak terpene production, peak cannabinoid production. I'd say the smell just... plus plus the color of the buds. Now it's yeah, that yeah. that is one that you can't describe. It's you have to actually experience it. The trichomes look a little bit different color when when you start getting. Close to ripeness. It looks it's, frostier. Yeah. It's that the, they're they're slightly more beige looking and denser, kind of frostier. Light hits them and it goes differently through them, or something like that. Plus, you start getting like the little highlights of red or maybe blue or purple or something like that. Right on the tips of the bud, you start seeing all the little colors come into bloom. I mean, all all classic signs of ripeness. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, and then I'll break out the scope just to kind of uh verify my suspicion kind of thing, you know. But at but the same time, I like the scope Marge. I love the scope too, though, you know. Yeah. <laughs> I think die on the vine is just dangerous. And if you're going to just leave it there to die on the vine, and it's more likely to go moldy and shit That's like that. But I'd sure, be concerned yeah. about that, man. But it would definitely be nice to try it. It's going to be similar to um, dry trimming, isn't it? You just let the plant fucking die and dry out and harvest it when it's done. It's going to be an interesting way to do it. I guess somebody's done it. I have not. I don't have mm-hmm. the opportunity to do that. Like I said, I'm more worried about that being mold. Anytime yeah. I've let the, anything go long like that, it just didn't go well. Mm. Yeah, interesting one, man. Let us know how you do it, bro. It's, from yeah. a purest point of view, when is it done? Uh, it's definitely the smell for me. The smell, the frostiness, the the look of iridescence on the plant when you can tell it the life is coming to an end. It drinks less. You know, you, you can tell it when it reaches old it drinks age. Drinks less. Yeah. Yep. The, the top sugar leaves start 
having a different look about them. They start getting crispy around the edges and turning yellowish and little things like that. You know, all signs are saying, okay, it's time to go. Yeah, man. So now we have a question from Billy Bonds here. Yeah. Uh, and it's, it's not, <laughs> not too bad for Billy, this one. What do you want your Xmas stocking this year? It's an interesting question, you know, because as we get older, it's like we don't really, you know, when you're adults, you get what you want when you want it, you know. It's not like, oh, I'll buy that for myself for Christmas and shit. <laughs> you know, but, no, but that's what, very true. You know, very what, true. what would you want? And I thought, you know, what would I want for Christmas? I don't know, man. I don't fucking know what I want. I don't want anything. I'm cool. I'm chill. I have weed. It's cool. Yeah, I'll have a uh, two mil. Give me two mil, and I'll be. I'll even take that in dollars. You know, it doesn't even mil, have to be yes. pounds. Stop two mil. With, with hundred, please. There we go. <laughs> Anything else? It'll be like, yeah, yeah, yeah that's it's cool. It's all right. <laughs> <laughs> but two mil, it'll be like, fuck yeah, okay. I know what no, that kind of changes the game. You know. <laughs> I know what I, I would. I would. I know what I would put in your stocking. What would you do? Not uh, touch July. Light, oh, for fuck's sake. No, much. No, you don't know how this Christmas thing works. Obviously. Oh, shit. Yeah, you're right. Okay. I'd do it anyway. That's a trick or treat, that one, Mars. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I don't know. What would you want, Marge? What would you want for Christmas? Well, we all had to put, we had like the fam's doing like a secret Santa. So we all had to do the same thing, which is write a Christmas list. And everyone said the same, which is like, we're all adults now. What do you, what do you ask mm-hmm. somebody to buy for you that you wouldn't already buy for yourself anyway? It's mm-hmm. hard, isn't it? Yeah. Cause most of the time it's like, if, yeah, there's a couple of cannabis cookbooks that I asked for. Cause I'm like, eh, do I really feel like spending my money on that? And if somebody else will buy it for me, <laughs> I get you. Sure. Sure. But yeah. So I'd take something like that. Yeah. yeah. You really have to, for an adult, you have to kind of think about what wouldn't they splurge for themselves you know mm-hmm. what item yeah. did, would they might like that they wouldn't buy for themselves like the yeah. cannabis cookbook yeah because i already have several but there is one that i was like oh i wouldn't mind that one but you know i already have a bunch so i don't want to spend my money on it but i'll let somebody else do it nice what are you saying monkey what do you want um same thing i always want and i usually get it every year as the kids come home for for, for christmas and I don't care. That's what not going to fit in your stocking, bro. I'll get a big ass stocking and they can sleep <laughs> in it on Christmas Eve and be here in the morning. Yeah, if that's what it takes. That's it, man. When you get older, it's not about the uh, the the gifts and all that. It's just having a good time with the important people in your life, isn't it? That's that's the most important thing. Right. As cliche yeah. as that sounds. I... Yeah, but that's how it is, isn't it? Yeah, but, you know, two mil yeah. would also be nice. If there's any oh, extremely yeah. wealthy listeners out there, then, you know. Right. You got any yeah. billionaires in the chat? Because, no, come on. There's got to be know? a couple of you to buy now. Come on. Yeah, of course. What are you doing? What are you doing? They got their own grow rooms. Just two million. You know, I would say just one, but, you know, you know the government's going to take half of that, you know. Right. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know how they roll. Yeah, you can barely yeah. get by in a mill these days. Mm-hmm. Barely, barely. <laughs> you can barely get by the mill. Damn. Yeah, so interesting question. Let us all know in the comments, man. If you guys are out there listening on the YouTube, you know, let us know in the comments what, what would be the perfect thing you would want for Christmas. What kind of present would you want in your grow room this year? Yeah, let us know. 
And then also Billy, and I mentioned this earlier on in the, I think it was in the Grill Guides, but uh, he came up with a term the other day when we were speaking about what we'd like being nearly dry. He's like, yeah, is it dealer dry? So <laughs> is <laughs> dealer dry a recognizable description of a curing stage for your weed? Yeah. And I, I would say, deal, yeah. Dealer, dealer dry would be, okay, it's out of my drying tent, hadn't been cured, go sell it. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Dealer dry. Dealer dry. So... I thought it was a good term, you know, that 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 just that twilight zone stage in between <laughs> it, it being taken from the branches and put into tubs to being dry enough to actually get a nice grind out of it. You know, it fluffs up nicely. Jesus. Yeah. Dealer dry. Funny term. What do you think, Marge? Sure. Sure. How good your dealer? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, very true. Indeed. No, yeah. How good's the dealer? Yeah. Shit. Dispensary dry. I mean, I've I've seen some dispensary dry stuff that's like dust. That's right. another. Exactly. That's another stage of drying. Dispensary exactly. dry is too dry. That's Dealer right. dry is too wet. You know, yeah. <laughs> can't win. Shit. Yeah, we should come up with some phrases for different stages of dry. Mm, funny. Yes, yeah, nice questions. We had some good questions there. I don't think. Was, was there any in the chat that I missed? I can't. Uh... There was one from Savans asking if I had any information as far as the name that strain comp goes. Right. And the only answer I can say is I ran everything that I went through it myself, picked the uh, picked the list of the ones that I thought were okay, at least acceptable, ran them by Mackie, and Mackie only liked one, and it was the one he suggested. <laughs> <laughs> Yes. So I've got to get I've got to get with the other people who have actually tasted the strain or grown the strain mm -hmm. and see what they're thinking on it though. But I think everybody uh, can agree, right? Yeah. I've For some known. reason, the term two weeks has become something that is just a, you know it's, it's part of <laughs> That's the podcast. What he, he wants it you to know? be two weeks. Strain called two weeks, right? <laughs> you know what I'm saying? And I knew when I, when I went with the competition, I knew somebody. But it works saying. as well. Because and, and, everybody's like, why'd you call it two weeks? It's like, because remember Total Recall when that lady's head started splitting? That's what it feels like when you get stoned on this shit, man. This shit fuck you up, bro. It's called two you weeks. Could you be said, like, two weeks, two, two weeks. Two weeks. <laughs> Your face will open up. You know? <laughs> so Makes your head explode. There. You know what I'm saying? Two weeks, bro. <laughs> Come on. Everybody in the chat agrees. So yes. I will. Uh, I'll put. I'll be putting something in the thread asking for for people who have actually you know experienced this little bit thing like that. Then I will start a group uh, a group message and we'll go ahead and discuss and figure out what we're going to do. But again, ultimately, I hate to say it, it's it's uh, it's going to be my my choice. But I would like to know what everybody else thinks about it. But I already know what Mackie nice. thinks. Yes, that's right. Two weeks, motherfucker. Two weeks. Two weeks. So that's one vote for two weeks. <laughs> yes lots of votes for it get over on the forum and get involved everybody and try and sway him in the right direction we, we know this has to be called two weeks you know <laughs> funny right that's all the questions man i think we're all done i think that that's a lollipop in a mainlining covered as well and of course as usual man just like every other episode if you have any questions or if you want to know more you have any specific insights then head over to forum man. start a thread over there or join a thread and comment on things you know get involved with the posts and stuff yeah. don't be shy no bite. nope not mm -hmm. at all very friendly mm -hmm. people over there we have a good rule over there you know 
people, the people who are mean, they don't stay there very long. So you're welcome to drop by and feel un, unhassled. Yeah. The Jareth in the chat said he's, he's going, look, I need a hug on Christmas Mackie. My grow room got shut down and I'm moving to a group home. That's lame, man. That's lame. Oh, man. That is uh-huh. hard. Really mm-hmm. bad. But at times like this, you got to try and there's a lot of philosophical shit people can say at these times. But there's there's one thing like there was a saying about a guy, I think it's a Chinese proverb or something. And anytime anything happens to him, whether it's good or bad, then the answer is always, you know, it's it's maybe it's good or maybe it's bad. You never know what comes from this. From from these bad things that happen, these bad experiences, sometimes it's it's a big turning point in your life for something important to happen to make it better in the future. You know, uh, <clears throat> like, uh, for, for example, the guy's son fell off the horse and broke his leg and his neighbor's like, oh, that was unlucky. That was, and he's like, yeah, yeah, maybe, maybe. And it's like, you know, what are you talking about? He's bro- his son broke his leg. Surely that's bad. It's like, yeah, maybe it's bad. And then two days after he's had this discussion, his son's got a broken leg. The, uh, the country goes to war and they start recalling. Uh, you know, drafting all of the kids who was his son's age, but obviously his son can't go now because he's got a broken leg. So yeah, it's a maybe. Just try and mm-hmm. try and just think about this opportunity all the time, man. It might be seem like bad times, but it can be good times too. Just stay strong. Yeah, yes, I hope that makes sense, and I didn't ramble too much. Shit, you rambled, but it made sense anyway. <laughs> Yeah, we got there. It's the Chinese proper. They're long, isn't it? You know. (laughs) (laughs) Yes, good session. And this will be the last grow guides until after Christmas and New Year now as well. So uh, you know, go back and uh, check out some of the other episodes, man, because there's lots out there now. This is episode ninety-five. Let's go check them out, and we'll be back with what was the next one? I think the next one is um because we the first grow guides of the year we'll be looking at cannabis events that are going on and cannabis tourism throughout 2024 to let you know what you can book throughout the year so that's going to be the next grow guides episode that's it should we go to the outro we done let's do that yes yeah And there we go, everybody. That's this week's Grow Guides. I hope you enjoyed this episode. If you have any questions or you need some help with your grow, then head over to our Cannabis Growers Forum over at percysgrowroom.com. This is episode 95 of the Grow Guides. We have five episodes left of the series, but this is also the last Grow Guides of the year. So I just want to quickly shout out to everybody who joined us this year. Thanks for being part of the community. I hope you've enjoyed these Grow Guides and I hope they have been useful to you all. And no matter how you celebrate at this time of year, I hope you have a good celebration and spend some time with your family and eat some nice food and all that. But there will be a Christmas episode that will be released in a couple of days where we had a session with a few of our friends. And we also have a conspiracy special coming up soon as well. A couple of fun episodes, not the usual schedule, but we will be back on January the 7th with the Grow Guides and the Cannabis News and Events again. So we'll see you then. Have a good Christmas and New Year or however you celebrate and we'll see you in the new year. Stay high, stay safe, and we'll see you on the next one. Goodbye.